Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts oh hi i'm rachel zoe and my podcast climbing in heels is back and better than ever you might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Fat Femme Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Dr. John Paul, LLC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Black Fat Femme Podcast, where all the intersections of identity are celebrated. I'm John, also known as Dr. John Paul. And I just want to thank everybody who saw me with them green bubbles this week and reached out to check on me to make sure that I was doing all right. So how did you feel being a green bubble bitch for a second? How was that? I was I was feeling very, you, you know, I felt, what's the word I'm looking for? I felt <laughs> uh, betrayed. I felt really betrayed that that life would play me in that manner. Um, but with that being said, how is you doing? I'm just going to say, someone said betrayed, someone say that is your comeuppance. So you got to experience how I feel every day of my life. So there's that. <laughs> what's good, fam? It is your I dig it, guys. <laughs> or Joho, if you're freaky. And honestly, I'm calling from another plane because... After seeing Adele's Vegas show last week, I have been astral projecting since, bitch. I am not even in this body right now. I know how I'm speaking to you. It's it, it must be a clone. My body is next to that stage right now, still belting, rolling in the deep. Yes, God. 
oh, it was everything. Nigga, you was by her. You were by bitch. her socks, bitch. You were okay. literally <laughs> by, her, by socks. her socks. Can I? Okay, so two things. One, one. I so we so my so sh- shout out to my friends Tiffany and Prizzy. Uh, Tiffany and Prizzy. Well, Tiffany and Marissa. The last one was Prizzy. My bad. Tiffany and Marissa. Ugh, I fucked other names up. They invited me to the to the, the, the invite invite me go with them. They got second row seats, and so and so the and so our row was just the three of us. It was just the three seats then, and I, I and I I was the edge, and so I was adjacent. I was mm. adjacent to the stage, but I was like, oh, like I won't actually to see her because she'll be center stage the whole time, and she walks around the crowd, but like I'm not the aisle, so I won't see her. This bitch walked right by my face. I said, oh my god, I don't look up. I had to look up and fucking move back because I was like, oh my God, that's a Del Ryan from my face. Bitch, you, and I can't just say, you, every white person that responded to me was like, oh my God, she sounds so good. Oh my God, live, laugh, love her. Every person of color, the first thing they peeped is, this bitch ain't got no, this bitch ain't got no shoes on. <laughs> the, and the first thing I saw, I said, oh, she in socks. Not even the, <laughs> not even the vocal. Hello, bitch. Hello, you in socks? <laughs> On this yeah, nasty ass that was floor. the first thing I peeped. You sent me that photo. You said, look how close I am to and Adele. And I was like, is this bitch in You socks? and every person of color. And I was like, that's the difference right there between white folks and people of color. Because every white person was like, oh my God, Adele. Every person of color said, she, she's got socks on. Mm-mm. She in slippers. I was like, wait, it's like, is those booties? I was like, what is she I, doing? I tried to look into. I was like, I was like, no, what? Maybe, may, may, like, maybe there's some slippers. I, no, no, no. They're just yeah. socks. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I did say slippers. I said, "Is she in slippers?" And you said, "No, nah, but she in socks." <laughs> yeah, and that literally is what killed <sighs> me. Oh gosh! Well, I'm glad you got to see her. Oh, it's it's too. actually interesting because you're like the fourth or fifth person that I know who has gone to see that residency. Um, and so again, I, I'm not gonna even shade Adele. I think her music is cute. I know that she her music has moved so many people, and so I'm really glad that folks have had a chance to go see her and support her residency because. I know for a minute she had even said that she was really worried about the residency and how it was going to do yeah. and it's really cool to see that people are like really going up for Especially her and prices. people are actually oh really God. enjoying it so Jesus. Yes, God, Nessa. Well, with that being said, this week, um, as you all know, we are pre-recording because we wanted to make sure that we didn't leave y'all with nothing not to be able to listen to through the You're holidays welcome. so we're going to be yeah, so by the time you probably hear some of this, it may be some time, but it's still quality information and quality <laughs> entertainment. So okay. please enjoy it. But we just wanted to go ahead and put that out there that we are pre-recording a lot of our shows. But with that being said, one of the coolest things about this show is being able to actually sit down with the people who inspire you. And so I just wanted to say that this person has been a good Judy of mine for almost, what, three years now? Mm. And I am so excited to see them being able to get all of the amazing light that they deserve. This person is a singer, a songwriter, a speaker, amazing activist. And I want to pause when I say activist because there are people who put activists behind their names and then you ask them what they're doing and they can't really tell you. Okay. This woman works when i tell you this woman tell like y'all think i work oh no she works and so i just wanted to say like i this person is truly out here doing the work yes. both in the corporate spaces 
on the ground, anywhere and everywhere that you can name, this person is really doing the work. You've seen her on Logo. You've seen her on an Apple commercial. Maybe Ooh. you got your Apple Watch because of her. Ooh. And this person, even greater, was a grand marshal for this yes. year's NYC Pride. Baby, when I tell you the mama works and mama is doing the damn thing, she is literally an inspiration to anybody and everybody. Mm. Dominic Morgan, welcome to yes, the show. We are so happy to have you. How are you? Thank y'all. I am good. And thank you for that really, really sweet introduction because y'all are quite sickening as well, honey. Yes. <laughs> well, we can only say we're sickening because of you, child. Yeah, we live game. vicariously uh. through you, baby. Listen, listen. We we all free or ain't none of us free. So let's go, child. Okay. Yes. Ain't that it? Well, as you know, for those of you who listen and who follow the show, you know, we start our show every week with our old Tatisha Cabell. We are still <laughs> here. And so with that being said, um, I know everybody in different different spaces have been talking about their, you know, Apple music and their Spotify wrapped. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, damn, we ain't even talked about that this year. Mm, and so mm. I know that we're, this will be, y'all will hear this in the new year, but we're going to talk about 2022, our music, all the stuff that really kind of inspired us. And so I'll say this, I know I personally don't mess with Spotify like that. And I'll say this because I know Spotify, hmm, it's just it's just not for me. Same. She's not giving what Same. I need her to give me. So I'm always on the Apple side, but I did look at my Apple replay Ooh. and I did want to say that Beyonce 5,255 minutes. Now I know people who had more time listening to Beyonce, mm. but it just, it kind of shocked me that I spent that much time <laughs> listening to Renaissance. So I was like, Ooh, maybe I do got a problem. Child. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cause a lot of my friends are like, you got a problem with that lady. But um, mm. with that being said, I did keep Renaissance on repeat, but some of my other pretty close ones to the Shindellas. I spent about 3,000 minutes with the Shindellas. Ooh. I did about 2,000 minutes with Dua Lipa. Oh, I did yes. of, of, about close to 2,000 with Victoria Monet. And then it was actually kind of surprising to me that Tony Braxton, Bruno Mars, and Anderson Pack kind of wrapped up oh, my uh, my apple music too so it was just kind of interesting to me because i was like i don't even really mess with bruno I was mars say, like well, so, but, but did, did you do a silk sonic is that is that i think it was i was like i was like hard for a minute made, okay okay yeah interesting because it came out the top of 2022 didn't it yes yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah interesting. so yeah i think i was on that album hard for a moment um but anyway all that to say dominique uh let's talk about you what was your what hit you dominique and then we'll jump over to you joho yeah. what was your amazon music spotify rap situation looking like so shout out to Spotify. They did put the doll on a billboard in Times Square <laughs> in March. Uh, okay, uh, okay. One of the 25 women in the world they chose. Um, so where, where the where the ball is going to drop is where my face was in March. So shout out to the Spotify dolls. Okay. That being said, I'm an Apple girl down in boots. Um, <laughs> okay. Renaissance really got me together. I'm an old bitch. Uh, so uh, Brandy, mm-hmm. SWV, like 90s R&B is my soothing balm. Like, I'm gonna play that. And and the older I get, the more gospel um, is Mm. in my piece. Especially like, you know, the Clark Sisters, um, you know, BB and CC, just kind of those I don't know if it's if it's just my aunties and cousins and you just have those days when you want to clean and just kind of those Mm. moments. um, (laughs) that, that That is really, really there. And then baby... I really love Megan Thee Stallion. And so Meg was yeah. high in, in my numbers just because I don't know, like I, I don't think I'm naturally sexy. And when I, when I say that, I mean like 
when I'm like, I want to get sexy. Like, I don't have moments when I'm like, I want to give it, like, I want to look cute. Mm-hmm. But right. Meg plays and mm. I want to be real inappropriate <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. invested in the liberation and being inappropriate. Mm. Um, I support that. Megan mm. Pete does that. Amen. 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 I live. I live. What about you, Joe? You know, Dominic, I just want to say, I totally feel you on that. I too feel like, like I don't typically feel sexy like every day. There are people that I'm like, oh, like they just live, they just live sexy. And I'm somebody who has to uncover the sexiness. So I've, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, I ain't got either of those features. I ain't got Spotify. I ain't got music. I'm a YouTube music. The gal, um, Android the house down boots. Yes, go. I know everyone's like, "Ew, Ooh. what's that?" But that's just how I am. <laughs> I don't listen to. I don't I listen. Love that for you. <laughs> I love you. Love that journey for me. Thank mm. you. It's, it is my journey for sure. Um, I will say so. My my so my YouTube music recap. It's, it's funny how the album name was that the, the Apple. You said that it was the Apple. The Apple rap. What was it? It was like Apple. Re- uh, yes, replay. So Re- replay, does replay, Spotify does Spotify rap. And so, you, mm-hmm. and so it was the YouTube music recap. I don't listen to music for 55,000 minutes this year. I was in wow. the 0.1% of listeners for Beyonce, who took my number one stream with a 6,429 minutes. It was everything. <laughs> like, the, I just, like, she gives all the awards. I too was like, bitch, am I obsessed? I will, and I will say, when I posted the 0.1%, my friend came in to me with her Spotify. Bitch, they're in the 0.05%. I said, bitch, how wow. you in half a, half a, half a percent in, in, in Beyonce listens? I said, okay, you got me. Um, my most listened to song this year with Summer Renaissance with over, I think, 150 plays, which means I play her song at least once a day, which, I mean, is pretty on brand. I play, mm. I play Renaissance once a day for sure. Um, I mean, my, my top tracks, my top five tracks, all Beyonce as well. Pure Honey, Church Girl, Summer Renaissance, Make My Soul, like all those things. My other top artists, mm-hmm. I would say, which... I, Taste. What? I said taste. The, thank you. The taste is always <laughs> giving. I would say my other top artist, which I will say did, did demonstrate a little bit of range, include this, this is cover band called Scary Pockets that does like some dope ass covers. I have to admit to say that if you haven't heard Scary Pockets, everyone should listen to their mashup of I'd Rather Go Blind and do up that thing with Maya Sykes. Cause it is so good. Like it's like, like they, they make, they make it a bit more like funk and it's just so, it's so mm. good. And Maya Sykes, like her voice is everything the range she has. It's just, ooh, it is good. So definitely suggest people listen to that. Um, okay. um, I would say the band Lawrence, which I discovered this year as well. I was like, bitch, I don't know how they came in my, my, my most played, but I'll be fucking with Lawrence real hard. My yay era queen, Kaylani for sure. Ah. I live for her. She got, she, she, she was also in my little top and then Lizzo. I mean, honestly, this lineup does not surprise me. Like, I'm right. R&B. I'm so like, like I'm a little thug. I'm a little like, I'm a little like, touch of feeling. So it was good. It was good to me. My, my, my recap was on point. Yeah, yes, she's first. baby. You're she's a verse queen. Yeah, she's giving us a verse down boots. And I live for <laughs> it. I think it's really cool because I think with our with the music, I honestly say 2022 was important for me in terms of music because I felt like if Beyonce wouldn't have released that album this year, I don't know what I would have done. Because this year was rough. That's all I can think about. So I'm like, same. Because the, 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 like, I mean, truly, I play her album every day. Like every, every day, day, I'm like, hey, Googs, play, mm-hmm. play that Renaissance. So mm-hmm. I'm like, if I had Cuff nothing it, to listen I, to, Cuff it was my number one. Yes, and and, and actually, I read mm-hmm. Cuff it is that was actually like I think in like it was like the top hundred songs of the year. I think Cuff it was the number one song mm-hmm. of the entire year. So like, it's because that damn TikTok. <laughs> 
That part, that part. I mean, but it's also a good ass mm. song. Like, I'm, I'm trying it's, to get down. It's, that it's song. a, it's a buttery melody to that song. Mm. There is, mm-hmm. there's a music theory component mm. to cut mm-hmm. it that mm-hmm. people have been doing YouTube videos about. Um, that makes sense. There's a, there's, there's a melodic approach. Yes. That mm-hmm. um, I was, I was looking at some analyzing videos that those progressions they feel a certain way. There's a literal energy and like endorphin connection to the chord progressions mm-hmm. in in mm. that cuff it. Um, and so like it, Mama, those girls, shout out to the writers of Cuff It. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Like they're this first group of Grammy nominated, like there's a songwriter category this year for the first time. Ooh, and they're mm-hmm. in there due to Cuff It, two young black women. Mm. Um, and shout out to them. But I, that was the power of like R&B mixed into this kind yeah. of yes. treasure mm-hmm. trove yes. of I think yeah. black, music history mm. and mm-hmm. Cuffin held it down in that R&B space. Now, opening Baby, lyric, like, let me who doesn't so- say, I feel like falling in love? Who, do- who mm-hmm. doesn't, like, relate to that? That shit is just so good. Right. My part, though, for me is when she gets to that, one is sonic, when she's right, money, 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 girl, money. you got mm. it. Them Man, while I rock it. Mm. And the thing for me, I'll say this before we go to break, but the thing for me is I hear that part and I can hear her going into before I let go because of the cameo. Mm. And I said, bitch, let me, let me go, let me go to the Renaissance tour and she gets halfway through Cuff It and she cuts into cameos candy. I'm going to lose my Done. shit because I literally hear it every time I hear Cuff It. I can hear the, like, I can hear, even though I know it's not part of the song, I can still hear the melody mm. of Candy in it. And I go, if she cuts into that, I'm going to lose my shit on that tour. Because <laughs> I know that's something wig. she do. <laughs> I'm bringing an extra <laughs> wig just to throw it. Go ahead and yeah. take this, sis. Go ahead and take yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Beyonce took it. She took it this year. And shout out to everybody who got a chance to go to the Summer Renaissance you know, Ugh. kind of situation thing that happened in I'm LA. So we'll talk more so about that later on down in the show because that's actually going to be... <laughs> You know, ma'am Pam, because it's gonna be mine. That is going to be my no man Pam this week. I'm just throwing that out there. And we're gonna take a moment to talk about the ish okay. around that. But when we but yes, God, but we're gonna take a quick break for everybody. And when we get back, we're gonna talk more with the diva Dominique about making it hot with what you got. We'll be back in a second. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. 
His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. So today we're going to get into somewhat of a heavy yet necessary conversation mm. around a topic that I've been wanting to chat about with for a minute. And so when me and Joho were going back and forth about this conversation and this topic, I was like, we got to bring Dominique into this conversation because I know not only are they going to drop a whole bunch of gems, but I really feel like they can really truly speak to this work and this conversation because they're actually doing a lot of work around it. So really quickly, I wanted to note that, you know, as per the sentencing project, there are over 124,000 people who are LGBTQ plus mm. that are incarcerated. And I think that is so important to know because I think we talk a lot about liberation. We talk a lot about freedom. We talk about all these different things, but we often leave out the LGBTQ individuals who are incarcerated. Mm. And so I know Dominique, 
that has been a big chunk of your work. And while I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time talking about your journey or, you know, the trauma and all of the things that kind of come with what you've been through in your life, I think it's been really, really beautiful to see you being able to kind of talk about the barriers and really kind of holding people accountable around the things that need to be done to support the folks who are still incarcerated because of the story that you have. Um, so I did want to say this, like, I don't want to turn this into a trauma dance because that would be so easy to do. But I did reach out and ask you what you wanted to chat about today. And you noted that you wanted to talk more about how you made a very bad situation, a situation that oftentimes takes people kind of out, right? Really, like it can leave people in a very dark place, if if I'm being correct, mm. um, a really dark place in your life and what it has felt like to now have a very successful and lucrative journey. And I say lucrative in the sense of, I genuinely do not think you know how much you encourage and inspire me. Mm. And I know we go back and forth via text, kind of loving on each other. But baby, when I see you do something, I'm like, I can, I can do it too because of Dominique. And so I wanted to talk, how did you hit them turntables? Like, how did you, how did you find, I guess, the, mm, the gumption? I guess that's the right word to really take that situation and, and make this beautiful kind mm. of garden out of it. Well, thank you for all the things, you know, we, mm -hmm. like you said, we go back and forth um, and, and loving on each other. I, I'm not going to pretend as if I had a master plan in the beginning, mm. um, because I, 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 I really believe it's a huge disservice to people who look to us to want to see what they feel like they can accomplish or people who are in a space where it may never look like this, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that whatever yours look like, it's not your version of success mm -hmm. for me to make right. it seem like, oh, you know, girl, I just knew one day that it was going to give that. Um, February 16th of two, 2023 um, will be uh, uh, the 14-year anniversary of my release from prison. Mm -hmm. um, I went into the adult system at the age of 18. Um, I, I came home uh, February 16, 2009. I was 20. I was turning 27. Um, I left prison with an associate's degree in culinary management that I not only had busted my butt for, um, like, education-wise, and but um, it was a prerequisite for you to work in the prison kitchen. And I was talking to my, uh, to uh, Jameson was here, my, my hairstylist and makeup person, and we were, I was telling him, because he was eating something, and I he was eating some Jolly Ranchers. And I was like, you know, that's like $10 on like the prison canteen list. And I was mm. telling him I would work, you know, 70, 80 hours in the prison kitchen and make $120 per month. Mm. And so I, I, I left prison thinking, you know what? I have, I have some education and I'm going to work in kitchens. And one day I'm, I, I want to get a car that'll get me from point A to point B. I'm, I'm, I live in Atlanta now, but I'm born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. So it's like Omaha is not a public transportation city, mm, um, right. weather and things. So I'm like, I want a car that's A to B. I and I want to, you know, maybe one, once a year, take a vacation. Like that was, and I did not in any way feel like I was reducing what I wanted. Mm. I found, I volunteered for Pride and found like people do this. And then I found out people did this for a living. And then I started to ask myself, like, what do I want? In the beginning, I, I had this desire that, um, and I kind of had like a death 
I kind of had like a death predictor over my life because it was like, you're not going to make it to 21. You're not going to make it to 30, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was more focused on um, when I die, I want them to say something good about me. Mm. because at that time, if you Googled me, you know, no matter what, how long it had been, it would have been my booking picture. It would have been all these things. And I, I also want to like do good. Like you think of these karmic scales. Um, mm. yeah. And and so that, and then I realized I didn't owe the world anything. If anything, I paid more than I needed to pay. Like right. surviving that system. I, I was, I experienced multiple experiences of sexual harm for people who work in the system. Um, yeah. And you know, sued to state, and 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 all these things I went through from corrections officers. Mm. Um, I was placed in solitary confinement for eighteen months. I lived on death row for six months of that eighteen months because Nebraska's mm. population was so overcrowded. Um, if anyone's ever heard of the story of Brandon Tina or seen the movie Boys Don't Cry, um, John Lauder, who is one of the folks who murdered Brandon, was my neighbor. Um, wow. be, you know, so it's. I gave them my 20s and I, so then I reached a point where I realized, why does this work? How is this work going to be a part of me manifesting this next version of myself? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, found Black and Pink, was able to realize the power of advocacy and change and voice. And I had, it was the end of 2019 and I said, and I realized that I was at a point where nothing that I had experienced, whether it was good, bad, or in between, felt like it was a throwaway. I had reached a point where all the opportunities that were coming my way, I could bring every part of me. I'm walking in rooms and, and talking about budgets. Yeah, my master's degree from Georgetown is being at work, but baby on that spades table, on that supermax prison yard, when I was betting my mm. breakfast plates, I had to look at a girl and make you believe that I had 10, I had 10 spades in my hand. I got to walk in a room with some of these white people and make them believe that I'm a black trans woman, that you can give a million dollars to build a housing project. Right. Um, and right. so, so that, so it was really looking at my story, figuring out why I wanted to be involved in it. Yeah. And then focusing on how can I put my joy first? And then how, who do I want to focus on after that? And through those questions and many more, I feel like I've been able to establish a way of being amongst my community where they know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like I'm being intentional about giving the promise to Dominique at 26 of who she could be um, now that I'm you know, three months from turning 41. Mm. I gotta take a breath. Well, thank you. All. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> well, thank you everybody for coming. This has been great. I have to take a breath because um, I really appreciate you sharing part of your experience, Dominique, because I, this is one that I don't like talk about so often and not that I'm, there's like no shame and it just doesn't come up. It doesn't like really come up in conversation, but I have, I have a brother who's incarcerated and it's like been such, it's been like such a painful thing for like my, my, my family and particularly my dad before he passed. And it's and like just hearing, hearing a little bit about your experiences, really is really helpful and like and and hard because i like i talked to him i talked to like we 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 text all the time now because like folks in country have access access to, to access to tablets to text and we video called him like growing up i talked to him like every like once a week and, and he's been in there for 25 years now and it's just like it is it is like 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 when like when you said that you gave you gave them your 20s like i think so much about him and like he's given his 20s and his 30s his 40s and like he's like he's like in his 50s now and i'm just like well he has been there for so long and it's so like it's just it's really maddening 
this rehabilitation system because I'm like, you call it rehabilitation, mm-hmm. but like n- people have been, re- people have been rehabilitated and you're still, they're still in there. And I, he has a parole coming up. And so I just, but you're saying all, all, all those emotions for me. Um, but I, I also appreciate John, you diving, diving into this conversation because it's something I've been thinking about all year since I wrote for extra magazine, this article about, the horrible bill that was passed for by, by uh, Senator uh, Arkansas Governor Tom Cotton that was like the preventing mm-hmm. violence against female inmates after 2022, which was a hor- like really hor- horribly called in the first place, which basically motioned to house incarcerated trans folks by their assigned birth sex. And it is mm-hmm. like it's painful to know that while we just celebrated federal protections for marriage equality – we're still existing in a place where incarcerated folks have little to no rights whatsoever. And like, I mean, to the point that, mm-hmm. that you, that you made, Dominique, like the, the economic system is so different than how it is here, you know, outside. So I'd love to ask you, what are some stigmas of incarceration that you feel like we might need to, so- that we not, we might, that we do need to socially move through to be able to advocate more for incarcerated folks? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, do away with the idea that rehabilitation happens through incarceration. Mm. Um, I need pe- I need people to say what they want and stand by it. If you want revenge because something bad has happened to you, I'm not going to judge you because I didn't experience that. But say you want revenge, you mm. can get revenge through this current system. Um, you can mm. punish someone. Um, you can deprive them of their family. You can re- deprive them from experiences. You can get your lick back through this system. Mm. Um, yeah. Rehabilitation is not a thing. I didn't need rehabil- I did not need rehabilitation. I was 18. I had ADHD that was undiagnosed. I was a I was a trans person and my body was not in alignment. How the hell am I am I supposed to make the best decisions in my life? Mm. And my body, not only my body because we talk, talk so much about transness in body and people think body means surgeries. I haven't no. had my body hasn't been cut on one. I mean and and black and brown folks who understand we talk about body because our body has always had to be bigger than our physical self, amen, because white people have tried to take and hold that. So when Mm -hmm. I say body, I mean everything that encompasses who I am was not Mm -hmm. in alignment and I needed a chance to grow up and and, and mature. Mm -hmm. Incarceration wasn't necessary. I learned, by happenstance, I learned lessons through it. And so people love to make it seem like Dominique came out. So no, I, in spite of the system, Mm -hmm. I am here. So I think just really thinking about what we want Two, please let us not um, forget these systems, this, these registries that have been created where um, in this last week, um, the state's attorney in Texas has reached out to the DMV to get a list of any person who has uh, changed the gender marker on their ID and they're not explaining why. Well, mm-hmm. because they want to make a database of trans people in the state of Florida. I mean, in Texas. And the ironic thing is we're not counting on the census. Do you know the other quickest way to find any data about trans people where it lies? It lies within the Prison Rape Elimination Act data. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Mm. If Mm. if you were to say I the anyone who's in a Ph.D. in a doctoral program and they're looking for data, you're looking for something to cite. If they're citing it, if they're looking for numbers that are large and sweeping and it's Mm. IRB approved. They're citing Priya data, which means this person experienced some sort of physical or sexual harm, right? So let us not forget Mm. the data and these systems. And last but not least, to the queer people, queer people don't care about incarcerated queer people. So I don't Mm. know why we are gagged when cishet people don't care about incarcerated people, because the wave Mm. happened 
where Jeff Bezos gave Van Jones $50 million for criminal reform. You think Meek Mill is going to get my black trans body out of prison? Mm. Is not. Right. Is not. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying for him to stop getting who he's getting out of there. I'm saying who, who like us is in a space of power to make people pivot to us. Mm-hmm. So I think that other piece is don't think that there's so much transformation happening because you see something on CNN, you, you're seeing these checks being written that you feel like somebody's got it so you can turn away and not make sure that you've got your piece of it because folks like your brother, folks like our people and siblings, Black and Pink has 20,000 incarcerated people on his database right now that the Black and Pink team is serving hmm. where we're just trying to figure out how to hold on to the humanity of these people because it, like, I thank you for sharing that piece of your brother and I wanna offer this word to you today, right? The beautiful part about incarceration and what we know from the experience of our people in slavery is that we don't stop living because they try to hold our bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't stop growing. We don't st- our, our brains don't start being bigger. We don't stop loving. We don't stop seeing and understanding. We don't stop because of whatever stasis they attempt to put our bodies in. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and so we, we are seeking to see their humanity. We are seeking to love them because, because I believe in a power that believes in the freedom of my people. If we don't do that and we have another COVID when they're letting all these people out, I would prefer to have invested in loving them and supporting them for when they are my neighbor, I am excited for them to be my neighbor. Because the other data that y'all cannot forget in this is 80% of people who are incarcerated are getting out. That's the real tea. Mm-hmm. That most folks are going in, y'all putting them in for six months, you're putting them in for all this time, this, that, and the third, that are these smaller numbers, and then they come back. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to live next to you? Who do you want to love your be be in love with one of your siblings or your family member? Who you want to work with? Mm-hmm. When you have a conflict and you're in traffic, what sort of spirit do you want on the person that you have a conflict with? If we do not think about invest in the experiences and the lives of incarcerated people. Have y'all ever, I could not lock a dog in a cage right now for three days and leave my home without and protection services coming to my house mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you should not do that mm-hmm. to an animal. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And I'm going to leave that there. Yeah. I, you mentioned something. I'm going to go on the record and say it. I, it's been, I have not tweeted about it. I have not posted about it, but just even thinking about how people have reacted to that mountain lion in LA dying oh, um, and how what? everybody has been. So no, I'm no, just saying called it, it a hero and was like an inspiration. Yeah, we're, 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 we've, we've said everything in the name of love to that, that poor animal. And there are people who are locked away and discarded that folks, I mean, black people die every day and nobody says anything. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. It's yeah. just a thought that I've had that I've seen and obviously I have a platform to say it. So I'm going to say it. Um, it's just something to think about, but you bring a really a good, good, you bring a really important thing to light Dominique. When you talk about the ways, this is something that I've been kind of dancing with in my own head. You know, you kind of hit two things. And I, I, in my mind, the first thing was this notion of 
you know, they, they incarcerate you and we know that it's a system and we know that it's supposed to be, when I put quotations around rehabilitation, but when we really talk about it, it's this notion of being able to constantly keep you oppressed, right? You know, you, you can't get certain funds if you've been to jail. You can't own a home. You can't get certain jobs. You can't, there are all these things that start to, to kind of impact you once you've been incarcerated, right? Um, and so thinking about this notion, when you look at someone like you, and going, oh, you know, you've ran this major organization, you've worked with several big brands and big companies and things, right? This question of how how did she do this, right? When the system set you up to fail. And I love when you say that our bodies are bigger than that, because I think there is this whole conversation that's happening around a lot of different spaces, right? Around this notion of how we as Black people, um, we move and, and, and I say Black fat fam specifically, how we have ultimately been given absolutely nothing and we continue. I mean, I even think about this podcast, right? This notion of I'm supposed to be Black fat and fam in a room crying about who I am. And now I have, you know, what I like to think is a successful podcast on one of the biggest podcasting networks, right? People can't fathom. How did that happen to Dr. John Paul, right? And so how did it happen to Joho? How did that happen to Dominique? And so I think about this all the time, right? These systems have set, set us up to fail and how we constantly have maneuvered it's i'll just say this and then i'll move on with my thought it's i i've been saying this and i keep saying it it's it's in our dna to be bad bitches like it's Mm. just in our dna and i think that that's the beautiful thing that i love about this not only just the show but being in spaces with y'all is being able to look at both of you and say they thought they had you they thought they had you. And and yes, you've had to go through things, but those things have made you so much more bigger and better and more knowledgeable and more experienced. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see. So I, I just wanted to give you your flowers around that and say thank you for not only being able to name the, the, the bad and the terrible that's in the system, but also reminding people who are listening to that what is happening to them is not by accident. It's, it's, it's intentional. What's happening to us, but ultimately too, to remind folks who are listening that it's folks like us who have kind of the blueprint on how they can thrive and continue to move on. So I just want to make sure that I put that out to the and universe. And Spirit is saying to me right now to say, yeah. historically, the forsaken are always the chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's it. Mm. That's it. If you are in a space where you feel like people have forgotten you, it's because they were meant to forget you. So when you pop up on their ass, uh huh. The fact that you are a chosen one, it will gag them that much more. It's oh, girls God. who saw you on that red carpet a, a couple of weeks ago whose mm-hmm. face cracked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How Busted. you doing? Do you understand me? Yeah. Do you understand? It, 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 no, it, it, it's, it's girls who were sitting in their apartments in New York watching me drive down the street in that convertible, me and T.S. Madison, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. cried in their tea but pretended mm-hmm. to like the post. Yeah. The, those who they've tried to leave behind are the ones that always pop up on you. And we're the the last girl, you know, we're the, mm. the Lori Strodes of the world. Ah, yes. Yeah. 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 
that part. Not, not a given up with Susan Lucci, child. They love us. They really like us, baby. Ooh, sometimes I feel like the Susan Lucci of the world, honey. But I get you. I feel you and I respect you. So I, I'm going to ask this question. So I will say this very... Lord, if we're not canceled by the end of this episode, I don't know. I'm doing something right. <laughs> what I was going to say, one of the things I had to highlight was you gathering Ellen back in 2020 when she noted that she felt like she was in jail during the quarantine. I just wanted to personally say thank you for that because everybody and their mama know that I am not an Ellen fan. I have not Ooh. been a fan of Ellen for a very long time. And when all that stuff came out about her, I was like, see, y'all was trying to say that I was crazy. And I was trying to tell y'all that this woman is terrible. But all that to say, um, I didn't want to spend a lot of time kind of talking about what it was. Folks, you can go on Google and you can read that. But I did want to talk about, which I think is a very real thing, and I I tell people who listen, because people will will stop me and say, oh, Dr. Higgins, I heard that you have a podcast, Dr. Higgins. And I I go, baby, we talk real on the show. So if you going to be in your feelings about listening to our show, you may not want to listen because we're not, we're we're not, we're not, you know, the read is... And again, I'm not trying to throw shade. The read, they're going to talk about pop culture. They're going to talk, we're, we're going to talk very social justice. We're going to talk about the things that impact us because that's what we do over here. And so I always like to tell people, you know, you can go read about it, but just kind of know we're going to speak truth to power over here. One of the things that comes with speaking truth to power and being a truth teller, um, or I like to say for those who are the gatherers, right? I, I look to Dominique as being a gatherer mm. um, or who needs to be gathers that sometimes people can't handle it. Sometimes people will try to put you into a box or they'll try to maneuver and make ways to make sure that they kind of keep you silenced or whatever. So I wanted to talk, I wanted you to talk to us a little bit more about how you've handled the journey of being the gatherer (laughs) and how you've made sure that the world hasn't, you know, stolen your mic or tried to put your voice. How do you, how do you combat folks trying to steal your mic slash put your voice into a box, if that makes sense? Well, first I don't let the world decide when I speak. So as much as I don't let them silence me, I don't let them decide, well, this topic, you need to talk about it immediately right now because that's often Mm -hmm. the setup. We've seen a lot of people who know about something, but they're talking too soon. And and it's like, baby, you need to maybe go back and process this with your people or something like that. Right. Right. Two, I have reached a point where I am not going to say anything because we can't predict what's going to get us canceled. We can't predict. You cannot predict. What's going to make you lose your check? And that's another thing that's so funny is that those of us, those of us black and brown folks know we've taken many a chances with a check and that's just what Mm -hmm. it is. And when I watch conservatives or when I watch white folks who are just like, it's my first amendment. Yes. Your first minute to say it. And it's their first option to say, we don't want to work with you anymore. Like that's right. right. Y'all haven't experienced that. So y'all, y'all go there. So I'm always like, am I prepared to lose my income behind what I'm about to say? Because I better be prepared for that. And last right. but not least, how am I making sure that even if I am a representative of a large group of people, I am holding my opinion to me? Um, I'm looking at my good sis, Flame Monroe. Flame fails at that because mm-hmm. Flame is a older uh, trans person that has a certain lived experience. And so when I see Flame face, face off, I'm like, oh, this is what I expect to hear from somebody who grew up in the Chicago, in Chicago, in the projects right. in the 70s, right? The mm-hmm, problem is mm-hmm. that Flame speaks in absolutes. And so uh, Miss Stephanie in Omaha, Nebraska, when, when, <laughs> Stephanie, <laughs> when, Stephanie, <laughs> when Stephanie hears that, Stephanie's mm-hmm. like, oh, 
this is what trans people believe because of how right. it's there. So I I really try to say this is either my opinion or if I feel like I'm speaking for a group, I've I've spoken to this many people, such and such and such and such, um, right. to right. hold myself to that so I can be accountable to my voice. Um, mm-hmm. And last but not least, I really try. I I. Uh, Amanda Seals, and there are days when there are days when I have to mute Amanda because it it, it sends right. me because she's been mm-hmm. real quiet about this Charlemagne stuff and and she be loud about other stuff. But I'm gonna let that sit. But she said um, something was said in regards to this Van Jones thing because Van Jones like released mm-hmm. an apology when she was like he's of community and he's not in community, and mm. I seek to be of and in community because. They, that also means you can't be held accountable if you're not touchable by the people who you want to hold you in account. Um, right. And so those are those are the things that I seek to guide me in a world mm-hmm. where people people have asked me about something like that. Why are you asking me about that? I've literally been like, what do you, Dominique, what do you think about the impact of trans people in higher education? I'm like, I have I have several friends who work in higher education. I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. those type of moments. So that's, that's yeah. how I try to guide myself. I love that. I love that. You speak to the things that you know, sis. Speak to the things that you <laughs> and know. And have a list of people and know what your other people in the work know. So mm-hmm. you so if the opportunity is not for you, you right. don't lose that for your people. You right. should be able to right. say, I've too many times been saying, Oh no, but here's I got three people you should reach out to. Right, right. Same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the power right. of being in community is that you'll know. Mm-hmm. I know these people got podcasts. I know this person. Now I know my good sisters in the Bay and writing about things. So you can add these things to your list and mm-hmm. you can make sure that opportunity, the perpetuity of community going forward mm-hmm. from yeah. the original Blackfoot approach to how yeah. we get to salvation mm-hmm. and not this, you know, this bullshit hierarchy of needs that many of us have mm-hmm. built our work around. Mm-hmm. It happens. Right. Right. Damn. And I want to shout out because I if if people know one thing about me, I'm going to refer somebody. I will say, oh, I don't know anything about abolition. But, you know, Dominique more, you know, Dominique Morgan knows a lot about that. You can oh homelessness. Oh, baby, that ain't me. But I know Dana White does a lot around mm-hmm. homelessness. Like I'm if that is one thing that keeps me out of hot water is adding somebody and saying, you may want to talk to this person because I know they know more than I do. You don't always got to be the smartest person in the room. Yes. I love Amen. that. That's your thing. Yes. I love it. And, you know, I, hearing you speak, Dominique, makes me think of Audre Lorde, and I, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it, but when she says, like, the more powerful I become, the less important it is I'm afraid. And I think, I think what, what you're saying re- reminds me of that, because when you realize how powerful you are and how powerful you are within right. the community, it is actually not so important that you are afraid. The, 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 the question of, like, am I willing to to possibly lose this to to do better, I think is something that I think about all the time myself too. So I so appreciate you calling that in. And I'm like, so mm. agree with you. Existing, existing community is like the only, like the only pathway to true li- liberation is, you know, as like, as you began, as you said at the top of the show was like, if we aren't, if we aren't all free, then we aren't all free. And so the only way to, to, to really secure that is if we are all free together. So I just, mm-hmm. ooh, you are just providing us like, oh, you're just, you're just giving us some things to think about. And I'm so, so appreciative. Like I'm, and I, I have so many amazing feelings right now because this is the first time I've ever got to meet you as well. And I'm like, Damn, I cannot wait to message her after this. He'd be like, girl, you and me, you and me, we sisters now. We sisters now for sure. Yes. I just, yeah. Maybe I'll be in San mm-hmm. Francisco in February for creating change. Ooh, let me know. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Let us go ahead and head up to the bay for create change, baby. <laughs> Let's you go know all there. the homosexuals be up there, honey. Y'all better bring the podcast equipment. Oh, like, grab the, the girls as they walk past. Yes, yeah. Oh my God, yeah, bitch. BFF in the streets. Come on. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would don't, live. Please don't give our editors, don't, please don't give our uh, producers any more ideas, baby. They already got us trying to do no, video I, come next no, year. Let me like, get this mic to go. Every day there's a new idea. I live. I live. Oh my gosh. Okay. But uh, yeah. so I'm going to, I'm going to tr- um, transition us for a quick second because Dominique, I, you know, do, uh, John said after in the intro of you that you're also a musician, a music artiste, yes, darling, giving us multitudes of who you, of who we are. And I would love to just dive into that really quickly and particularly ask you, how do you feel like your music articulates who you are and your experiences? Yes, God. I, um, one thing, uh, like, again, John Paul and I will talk about things. Um, I, I envy writers who can write skillfully like you all do. Mm. And what I mean skillfully is that, like, you can tell a story through, like, I don't write that way. If I am writing long form, and I'm so, also someone who navigates the world with ADHD, I, I often write in the way that I speak, and that I have to do a lot of editing and things of that nature, right? Um, and so I, because I think that's a powerful like piece of how things live, but also I'm thankful that I was given the gift of songwriting because that is my tool that allows me to leave my story. Like I didn't think I was going to be in Ebony. Mm. I didn't think I was going to, you know, be in these places where you can, you know, look me up. At first it was, I'm gonna write this song and this song will be here somewhere. Um, And it allows me to tell my story it allows me to create shared space of lived experience as as someone who facilitates and educates in multiple mediums. What I love about music, the writing of the song, the performing of the song, is that I was I was at the Adele show last weekend as well. Mm. Um, I was Were so, we at the same time? yeah, but I was in two hundred five, child, because I know exactly where you were. <laughs> I remember seeing you on the jumbotron now. Because you had on like a red you had on like a red piece, didn't you? Uh, uh, I would say it, I had it was like um it, it was blue and orange like um um I, okay, I had so red you, shoes. What, were you with some Caucasian girls? A girl I was with two Caucasian girls for a show. Ah, uh-huh, I remember you walking down the aisle. So nonetheless, oh my god, wait, we're with at the same time. Um, oh my god, I'm we. <laughs> you were there yeah. at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I I say that to say <laughs> what what I saw in that room is what I is is what I feel like is a beautiful part of the storytelling is Adele came out mama mama was foot, sock, was shoeless and sockless <laughs> but she also didn't have fifty million dancers and no backing track. yes yeah right. just a piano right. and and I say that to say I was moved I knew mama could sing and I I love her you know but my best friend loves her like that but baby when that whole room lit up and her face was silhouetted on the walls. Bitch, I like to fall over. I said, "Oh, bitch, this is, oh, mama is out here. This is, this is preaching. This mm-hmm. is, this mm-hmm. is moving of the people." Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so, activism and change work in like nonprofit space and all those things. Music was something I owned before I had money to own things. Mm. Right. And I so it that. has allowed me to tell my story. It has allowed me to put things into song. It has allowed me to touch people before other platforms deem that as me worthy to do so. And mm-hmm. it is a lifesaver. When I was in solitary confinement, I, I wrote 300 songs. I left prison with a bag of songs, a deodorant, and a Bible that I had written people's phone numbers and stuff in the back of as my phone book. Mm-hmm. And and so mm-hmm. so 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 words, songs, music, 
has held me. It's rocked me to sleep. It has made people listen to me. Some people look at me and not going to listen, but they, they'll listen to Soulmates. And if you listen to Soulmates, mm-hmm. yes, you listen to a song about love, but you also listen to a trans story about love. Mm-hmm. Got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know gotcha. what I'm saying? And, it's, and, it's, and, and I say got you because, you know, y'all, we, we've been listening to queer and trans stories, but, there, but that wasn't always uh, at the forefront of how we could share our identity. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's a, a tool that I get to use in a way that creates space for me and hopefully for others. Mm. Uh, I love that answer so much. Um, and I, I will say this, you know, kind of <laughs> this, this thought kind of wrapping up this, this segment, but also kind of thinking about your music. So I know you have a song called I'm in love with a Leo and it has held me accountable um, as a Leo to make sure that I'm better to people. So that okay. way I won't end up. <laughs> Amen. Don't so do me, Dominique. Amen. Don't do it. Don't do it. But again. And a light-skinned light Leo with, with pretty eyes at that. Good skin. Good skin. Good skin. Not you, not don't do that. Don't do it. But what I'm just saying is, is that I appreciate that you make music that also holds people accountable in the sense of wanting to be better people. And so I do listen to your music and I'm very aware that you are holding people accountable. And so kind of, you know, as we're, we're, we're putting a, a really what I think to think is a really beautiful bow on this conversation about um, what I like to tell people is to move your mind away from resiliency and talk about relentlessness. Right. Mm-hmm. I think this is a beautiful conversation around what it means to be relentless across all borderlines. Right. In regards to sometimes life hands you a really jacked up hand of cards and sometimes because you don't know what to do with those cards. Um, but like you said, you know, being able to play those cards the best way you knew how and being able to find success with those cards in a system that's not built for you is in my opinion one of the reasons why i love you to death um but i did want to ask this question kind of as we're wrapping everything up you know some of the stuff like so i've been following your reels i have been watching your your lives i've been really keeping up with a lot of the conversation that you and a few of my other friends have been having on social and what a lot of what you're talking about and a lot of your work is something i have tweeted about a lot is this notion that there are a lot of people who look at us, who look at the success, who look at the work, quote unquote, or even get into the work, quote unquote, because they want the privilege behind it. Now, I'm not going to talk about everybody who wears a blue vest, but some people may, y'all, y'all didn't catch that, did y'all? Um, <laughs> But there are people who sometimes will put on the vest because they want the privilege versus the actual liberation. Right. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we beat, we beat, we just listen. Okay. I just want to make sure y'all caught that. Um, and it's no shade. I'm just saying some people want the spotlight versus wanting to actually give people the light. And so with that being said, thinking about Right. So thinking about how we hold other people accountable, specifically us going back and forth and talking about black men and people Mm. wanting to kind of hold them accountable for the things that they say around LGBTQ people and leadership and activism and stuff. I guess what I wanted to ask is what's your take on making sure that we don't get caught up in what I like to call the privilege will, right? Right. This notion of being so caught up in wanting the privilege versus actually doing the work for liberation. What are your thoughts around that? 
you have any, and it's okay yeah. if if you don't. Well, but I just wanted to make sure I, I put that out there. I think it's ridiculous to be focused on acquiring privilege and not recognize that you need to also inherently be focused on how you keep your poop in a pile and how you check yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. More access, more privilege, more privilege breeds more opportunity for foolishness inside of self. Right? Um, yeah. You know, struggle naturally keeps a girl humble. Right? There are a lot <laughs> of girls. Who are gilded in gold and if they lost it today we wouldn't pay attention to it all whatsoever and i don't and that's not shade in regards to mm. like baby get your things but a a a a, a um a kylie jenner who is poor growing up in cedar rapids iowa with no surge is no there's no way you can tell me that she has a trajectory to become the youngest billionaire you can't right, tell me right. that Right. Right. And so access and privilege, you need to be clued into that. And I think that when I am talking about I don't think about accountability for anything or anyone that I don't think is important in my life. And so I say that to say black men, cis black men specifically, I talk about it because I believe in the importance of cis black men being a part of the liberation of black people overall mm-hmm. and right. and and i live in a world that is always going to check a black woman a black femme person on how for us to be better mm. uh, joe right. it, it's joe budden it, it's all these podcasts out here who's telling women mm-hmm. how to be better women black women especially mm-hmm. and i don't want to tell you how to be better i'm a, i want to ask the question do you want to be better mm-hmm. and who do you want to be better for and if you say you want to be better for us, mm-hmm. this is what better looks like. And that gives you the chance to lean in or not. And so, yeah, and that's the same process I use for myself. That is why I also speak about who I want to be in service to, because right. then mm-hmm. those folks are positioned to say, well, I hear you say you want to do this, but girl, it's not hit like that. What's the tea? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I need to be prepared to unpack that. And sometimes the girls be on bullshit. Because we also Take. are in a climate where the girls are taking okay. activist language and, and, and dismantlement and transformation. Mm. And the truth of the matter is, these girls only want to dismantle the systems that were systeming them. And they want to get at the top and then they want to keep the stuff that's keeping the other girls behind. You know what I'm saying? Very right. much oh, right. girl kicking the girls in the face and knocking them back down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm even still, even in the BS, I'm going to listen because I'm not right. perfect. Because also, God will send somebody you don't think to be the right messenger to you with the right message. Mm. So if you feel like you're too grand to listen to a bitch you don't like, mm. you might be blocking your blessing. That's why I say, I, I love you, but I, I want you to have your things on the moon. I, I, I don't want you to, <laughs> I don't, I may not want you to flourish next to me. Amen. <laughs> yes. But yes. I want you to have a nasty mansion on Mars, girl. And have your thing. Yeah. Because because I, I want to hold on to that grace for you. And that, that's what gets me to the other side. I you said, have your mansion <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> He's, I want you to flourish next to me. Amen. I was <laughs> yes. I want you to flourish next to me. Amen. But I want you to flourish though. But I don't right. Put, like that's all. I, if that's all I got for some girls, that's all I got. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean it. Because yes. y'all thought other day was like, "Girl, you so shit." I said, "No, bitch. I mean it when I say it." But I yeah. also mean, get away from me. Mm. <laughs> 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 love you. <laughs> love you over love there. You. Please. That's all, that's love you over, over there. I love you from afar. I love you from afar. Please. You ain't got to be up close. Mm, I love, love you from love afar. You. 
from across the street. Oh my god! See, mm-hmm. we told y'all at the top of the show. We told you Dominique would get us thinking about some things. Oh my yes. god! Thank you so 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 much, y'all. Ooh, we got to get right to processes and criminal conversation. We'll be back in just a moment with our next segment. How you healing? Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, fam, we are back. And say we are doing, how are you healing? And so we want to get a conversation regarding the term soft life and why so many people seem to have a problem with it. Now, I first heard this term during our episode with Fanti hosts Trevor Anderson and Jerry Hill. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait, a soft life? So for those who don't know, a soft life is a life of less stress, purchasing, purchasing choices of well-being, overworked, and other stress factors. Some people blame this term for the, for the, for the quote-unquote word quiet quitting experience in the workplace. Funny how we blame workers, but not the workplace, though. I'm just saying. T. <laughs> okay. But why do you, like, why do you think folks are mad about the soft life? I'm going to toss it to you first, Dominique, and then we're going to toss, toss to John. But I would love to hear. Well, I have been an ED of uh, Black and Pink right before I, right, I left Black and Pink in June of this year. Um, I had 25 staff members across the country, and some of them worked out over the five years, some didn't. I don't believe soft life was a why. Because truthfully, the decisions they made positioned them not to live a soft life. Mm. Now, you may not mm. have to get up and mm-hmm. clock in, baby, but child, listen, bitch. <laughs> I, 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 You know what I'm saying? Like, So I, I, I completely like push that to the side. I think I, I do. I think the problem is we talk about things in regards to a shift in culture and then we automatically have to define it and then Webster's has to put it in a dictionary and then it has mm. to mean the same thing mm. to everyone. Mm. And so when right. I say soft life, I mean that the things that I used to have to worry about, I don't have to worry about it. All mm. my bills are on auto pay. Amen. Right? Soft life for me at 40 is going to be very, was very different than what my soft life would have probably started right. like at 20, right? Yes. Soft life is Come bills on, on auto pay. Soft life is I have every bag I want. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. I'm talking about my definition, right? Because yes. some people are like, oh, materialistic. I'm telling you my definition. I don't walk out of the house and be like, oh, my God, I wish I had a little bit of time. I have all the bags that I want. Mm-hmm. Soft life to me is I have, I have, I have a home that feels, that feels like mine, and I know where I'm yeah. living now, and I know where I, I can tell you where my body will be two years from now unless I choose to go somewhere mm. else. Soft life is mm. if I want to mm. be on a beach, Tonight, bitch, living in Atlanta and have somebody's son rubbing on my butt in Florida, I could hop on a plane and go. Right? Soft Amen. life is if one of my family members die, we ain't got to sell no fish plates because I can bury my people. Soft life mm, is right. if one of my bitches call me and like, girl, this consulting check is planned, girl, let me hold $500. I could say, bitch, take this $500, bitch. And next time mm-hmm. somebody calls, you take care of mm. them. So soft life is expansive. It focuses mm. on me. But yeah. what is the truth amongst black and brown folks is the more that we have pressure released off of us, the more that we have space to relieve pressure off of others, mm. which then leads, again, this space of cultural mm. perpetuity. Let's have a soft life. Like, let's have a soft experience for the girls, mm. huh? And mm-hmm. also shout out to the soft tops out here, honey, the fin queen tops <laughs> out here who are doing the things. Like we can't be talking about a soft life 
and not and not name that you know what I'm saying. There's a blessing mm-hmm. in a shablam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. <Ashe>. Yes. <laughs> in a good deal. So yes. Mm. <laughs> mm. I live. Thank you, John. John, what you got yeah. to add to that? So I'm like, what, what can I add? <laughs> no, it's real. You know, so I will tell people this. You know, I coming from the life that I've had, you know, where it was always want more and and have less because that's really what my life was. And again, I don't blame anybody. My mom did the best that she could. You know, I, I, I as an adult now, I fully understand that, especially with therapy. But I definitely do understand that a lot of my materialism comes from growing up without having. Right. And so, you know, you see the Lexus. Yes, I drive a Lexus because I've always wanted a Lexus and I can afford a Lexus. That's the also thing that I like to tell people that my my soft life, I'm not living a life that I can't afford. I just want to make sure I make that very mm. clear that everything that I have, I can afford. And so I'm not telling people when I talk about my Louis bags or I talk about my Lexus or I talk about my cute little apartment, you know, where I live. I'm telling people that I I live within my means. That's a part of my soft life is knowing when to put my foot down. I want something currently. And I told myself, girl, you got to wait till that next iHeart check come. Mm. (laughs) We're not about to put ourselves in debt over something that you want, right? I saved money for my Janet Jackson ticket. So that's a part of my soft life is also being real with myself about what my finances mean. What does it mean for my family? What does it mean for my partner? What does it Mm. mean for the things that I want for myself? But I also want to make sure that I make it very clear and I put this in the notes i said you know honestly i know that folks have an issue with soft life because when black folks say i want to do less work or i want to feel less stressed people have a problem with that because from a historical standpoint we've always been the most stressed mm-hmm. out we've always been the most tired we've always been the most overworked and underpaid um so when haven't black people been kind of dealing with a hard life right and that's mm. something that i want to note that when we talk about soft life you have to put it up against hard life and what that means for people and oftentimes when you say hard life it always seems like it comes back to blackness or queerness or the intersections of both um Now, something I also wanted to note is that you have to really, you know, kind of think about this notion too, like people have an issue when you say, I want to be smart about the way that I live, because that's also telling Chet and Marsha that they now have to do the heavy lifting. Right. And <laughs> and so I think that's also a, a part of why people have so much of an issue, especially, mm. you know, Gen X. They have such a hard Well, I had it hard and I had to work so hard to get to where I am mm. and you should have to work hard, too. And it's like, no, sis, I actually am going to take care of myself. So that way, when I do get something, I can actually enjoy it. And that's the reason why after I, I, I finish this podcast and I send this this these vocals over to our editor, Everything is being turned off. I don't have to do nothing else for the rest of this week. Mm-hmm. And I've told people that y'all are not going to get nothing else out of me for the rest of 2020, uh, 2022. That's a part of my self life. Um, oh, you, and, and I think that's why people have such an issue too with folks like myself who are a freelancer. Oh, well, you don't have to work Monday through Friday and work, you know, from nine to five and have people keeping tabs on you. No, I don't. I work for myself. Like I have an LLC okay. that's bringing money in. I do what I want to do when I want to do it and I do it with who I want to do it with. I don't have to worry about 
basically answering to anybody. Now, Will Pearson, I know you listen to the show. I know I have to answer to you. If you need anything, call me. But I think the real thing is what it really comes down to is how do you, you know, the, the bigger question around soft life is how did you get to a place to be able to come and go as you please? Mm. And I think that that's the thing that people have a very hard time with when they talk about soft life is this notion of you being able to say, I'm calling the shots around my life, around my joy, around the way that I want my I want things to look around me. And I'm not going to say not everything is rainbows. I'm still waiting on three checks as we talk. Right. I okay. just had to follow up with somebody today. Like uh, time is ticking. <laughs> okay. The 21st is is in two days and y'all owe me money. Right. So that is a part of my soft life is having to follow up often about money. But what I can say is that I'm learning that it's okay to live a soft life by telling others that they don't need to kill themselves for a bunch of pennies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that we, we, and I say Gen X, I say Gen Z, millennials, whatever, I think we're learning that these systems will constantly kill you. Like you said earlier, they will kill you and then turn around and say, oh, damn, you worked yourself to death. That sucks. Do you have her login so we can keep the wheel okay. moving? And I don't want that to be me. Mm. I really don't. I, I'm not going to kill myself for a system that genuinely doesn't give two shits about me. I'm just mm. not going to do that. And I told myself that at 35. I said, you know what? I've spent 10 years in higher education working my behind off. And I literally had no like. I'm going to share a real story with y'all. This is where it got real for me. I was I was at a conference for work and I was moving and transferring money from credit cards to credit cards to pay for my hotel at this conference. Mm. I said, I never want to be that broke again. I never want to be in a position to where if I need something and it's an emergency, I don't have the money for it. So part of my soft life is now being able to say, I'm going to work hard over here. I'm going to get my coin and then I'm going to go rest because now I have the opportunity to do that. Mm. So I think that that's really what I have to add. And I'm sorry for that long winded kind of thought process. But I think like I just the last part, I, I just I, I I want to encourage people who are listening. When you hear people talking about a soft life, think about this conversation They they will kill you today and will replace you today. <laughs> oh, so please, my God. take care of yourself. <laughs> They will kill you today and replace you today. And that's something I have learned very quick. I'm not going to kill myself for these people. I'm not going to do it. Find somebody else to do it. Mm -mm. (laughs) Find somebody else to do it. Find somebody else to do it. (laughs) Yep. That is my mantra. Find somebody else to do it. Mm Mm-mm. But with that being said, um, we do have to pay one more bill. Um, so we're going to take a soft break. break. <laughs> but when now. we get back, we're going to get into our yes ma'ams and our no man pams more in a minute. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, fam, we are back. It is time for our moments of the week, our yes ma'ams, no ma'ams, pams, otherwise known as y'all's favorite segments of the of, of the week as well. Just a reminder, since it's the holidays, these are pre-pre-recorded. 
Usually we're usually we only record a week behind, but this episode is a few weeks behind. But so by the time this comes out, it may be old news, but honestly, deal with it because at least we're making news every week, baby. So be happy we here. That being <laughs> said, my yes man Pam goes to Joe Biden, and I don't I don't often do this because there were some things I'm like Joe, 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 Joe. But this does go to Joe Biden and, and, and our in our, and our government, as Kamala says, we mm. did Joe for signing in the Respect for Marriage Act, which provides protections for interracial and same-sex marriage obviously the language there can be a lot different as well but it was so special and meaningful to see because it also made me realize like wow like as someone who who is a product of interracial love and is also and is also trying you wants to get wants to get married to someone of the same sex like it's it's so amazing to know that now this is a federal protection and that and like this cannot be taken away from me. Um, it cannot. It can. It can probably. It probably will shift in some capacity. I know full well that state governments right. love to play in people's faces, but I really have it. I really, it's a strong <laughs> yes, ma'am. For now, like federally, this 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 is law. And I thought it was interesting that I was like, wow, this whole time, like nobody knew that interracial marriage was actually not was actually not federally federally protected. So I thought that was like wow. so so great. Like, damn. So yes, ma'am. Into that. Can I ask a you question? You sure can. Before you move on, I, I, no, the, I just want to know because I'm not going to Google it. I want to know. So, does this mean that it's like protected, protected that nobody can come up against it again, or can it? Can we be back in the same situation where they're trying to take it away again later? Let Let me first uh, put what's the word, uh, preface with I am not a law person. No, it's but it's, it's it is, but yeah, like it's, 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 it's within it's the Constitution. Ratified. So like, yeah. I, and that's why they tied them together. Also, that you can't cherry okay. pick because Thomas is going to protect Jen, J, his Jenny bug. Um, uh, yeah. And so um, there was yeah. <laughs> there was a thought, there was a thought behind that as well. Um, but okay. also also uh, Joe Ho is correct. It leaves room for the states to play. Um, and mm, so in our faces, yes. Yeah, so you'll have federal mm. coverage, but the states will dilly dally as the children. Say. Yeah, like. Kind of what they're doing with the abortion thing, right? Where it's like, which this which is what prompted where, this but, in the first place because uh, because the Supreme okay. Court overturned that, and then they uh-huh. yes, exactly, and so I see. So it's like you know, like it it can be a giant slippery slope. Like the the, the, the day, no court can go against same sex marriage, but when we think of like gender expansion. They like we all know there'll be some way, some state right. and some they gonna figure something some out. Some Midwest mm-hmm. South state is gonna be, say like, oh, but same sex doesn't mean this, and it's just gonna be it'll be Florida <sighs> or Texas, messy. I'm boots. sure. Um, mm-hmm. my no man Pam. Honestly, I I try to think about it, but I ain't got one because this was just such a good episode, such a good conversation. I mean, I'm, yeah. maybe I say no man Pam to the future of Florida or Texas doing something to <laughs> fuck with these rights. But so I'm, I'm gonna do it a, a preemptive no man Pam to that. But really. I have nothing. Honestly, honestly, John, I think I will just affirm your no man pan when you get to it because I think we got the yeah, same yeah, problem. Yeah, so you know I we can talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> but let's go to Dominique first. But you're a yes ma'am to no man pan's love. Um, my yes ma'am is to the Golden Globes for um, nominating Queen Angela Bassett mm, um, yes, for yes, yes, yes. Uh, her role in Wakanda Forever. And I say that to say, I, if you're rolling your eyes, I know this isn't the most groundbreaking performance ever, but this gives the Oscars eventually the chance to correct what they should have done and given her that Best Back Actress Award for mm. uh, What's Love Got to okay. Do Mother, Mother is old, her okay. thing. Um, and so a yes ma'am to us kicking off award season that sets her up for that. And mm-hmm. uh, no ma'am, Pam, um, goes to Marvel 
um, for flattening out Tanakuerta's um, front pieces in Wakanda Forever. Mm, mm-hmm, um, I saw the mm-hmm. pictures and um, the abundance of that man's culture, we should have been able to receive all of it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, Amen. Um, <laughs> uh, the aquatics, the language, you know, y'all gave the girls sickening jewels, beautiful gowns, all the things. Um, you should have gave him, you know, he should have been able to fully, fully give us um, his acting mm-hmm. chops um, because it was a it was a real chop situation. So um, that's my mm. no man Pam. So I'm just going to say this because I know that my husband don't listen to the show. He told me, he's like, I'm not going to listen to it. And I'm like, okay, I respect it. But I'm going to just say this because I can't say it online. But if I ever get caught in the same room with that man, God help him. (laughs) If I ever get caught in the same room with that man, there better be a whole bunch of security because that man is mine. Okay, I'm just just saying. Baby, I'm going to fall like... I'm a fold like Kelsey did on that stand this last baby, week. <laughs> baby, baby. When he came up out of that water in that movie, I, I sat up in my seat and said, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> who is this fish man? The oh. job that Marvel had brought into my life. Because I'm, I'm I, baby. I sat all the way up in that uh that 4K recliner. I said, "Oh, so this is what this is giving? Listen. I might have to see this again." But you know, in the comic book, honey, he ends up falling in love with a white woman. So, uh, Sue Storm. So, so I just they could have given us this before he she bring it to the girls. But yeah, shout out. So that's a mighty situation. Yeah, that's such a blessing. <laughs> such sure. a blessing. I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, such a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm. Shabbat. <laughs> Goodbye. Shalom. Shabbat shalom. Not Shabbat. Shabbat shalom. Oh my God. Yes, God. Happy Hanukkah mm-hmm. to us for this. Yes. yes. That, yes. Is, that, day is, two. that Happy gives Hanukkah. us light every day. Yes, a candle. Nessa, this for gives, each day of that he man. Gets all exists. 12 of the candles. Honey. It's eight candles. Goodbye. I cannot. I cannot. John, you can go give me your yes, ma'am. Bitch, that's how this is Hanukkah. I cannot do. Why did I think it was 12 candles? You said this eight. Goodbye. All right. Well, let me move on because, girl, we going to be here for another hour. Child. My yes, ma'am, this week um so i obviously like i said this episode is going to be the first episode of 2023 so shout out to this being our first episode of what i believe is going to be an amazing year um but with that being said i wanted to shout out the folks who are journalists there have been some 2023 journalist predictions out there many of them had some really amazing things to say about journalism where it's going i know it feels a little murky because you got Mr. Musty over there trying to shut down journalists. You got a whole bunch of different people that are trying to take away the funding from different places. And and you have a whole bunch of people specifically shout, not shouting them out, but specifically pointing at folks like New York Times that are printing and running a whole bunch of things that are problematic around LGBTQ rights. Um, it can feel very dark, but it does look like that. You know, there are some journalists, journalists out there who believe that next year we're going to see a really big kind of this bubble of true reporting and folks being able to really talk about the things that really need to be reported because we're seeing more and more of these companies 
not only one move towards journalistic integrity, but a lot of them are starting to give journalists the space to really speak truth to power in the work that they're doing. So I'm really excited. I'm very hopeful for that. I also wanted to say that um, shout out to anybody this year who is on the grounds doing any type of reporting. There have been a lot of people who have who have dealt with harm, doxing, all of this. And again, I did not go to school for journalism, so I'm never going to step out and say I'm a journalist. But because I do write stories and I do spend a lot of my time around journalists, um, when bad things happen to journalists or people that I do know in my circles, um, I feel it too, because as a writer, you know, again, you are setting yourself up for critique and so many other things. So shout out to the people who are still doing the work and shout out to the people that we've lost that have been journalists mm. um, this year as well. So I just wanted to say that. Um, my No Man Pam. So I did start off the show with one, we initially did the run of show earlier this weekend. Um, and then something happened over the weekend and I said, no, I have two. So I did want to say, um, what my no man Pam for this week is the folks who are playing in the faces of journalists, specifically on that bird app, um, people who are afraid that they are going to be held accountable, um, and specifically are not doing anything. And you have journalists who are actually holding them accountable and they're choosing to stay quiet. Um, I'm also looking at it too. I want to get more into as we move into the new year, having conversations of what it means to be an agent of white supremacy versus just being racist or being mm. sexist, really just calling people agents of white supremacy. A lot mm. of them are. You're seeing it happen in real time. We can spend hours talking about what we see on that little blue app, but specifically thinking about that. Um, I wanted to say no, ma'am, Pam, to the folks who are agents of white supremacy and who are keeping the status quo there. The other thing I wanted to shout out, in, or at least wanted to say, is the Real ID program that Amazon and Beyonce used for this renaissance thing can go straight to hell <laughs> in a handbasket. I don't know what the idea was behind me holding up my ID to my screen 15,000 times for you to tell me that there are no more tickets left after I'm done. I sat at this computer for almost 45 minutes Same. trying to make that damn thing work and still didn't land any tickets. So um, I know it's not Beyonce. What, what was the reason what was Amazon the reason? Music? I mean, like Parkwood just Parkwood was good. Like, let me know what why we can't like, and also like why so many black folks can do it. Like, what was with the what's wrong with the ID? Also, there were a lot of issues. A lot of black people were saying they were having issues with that real ID program. Um, mm. I'm just mad. I'm I, there's a part. So I'll say this: there was a part of me that was trying to walk myself through my emotions both Saturday and Sunday as I saw people there mm -hmm. in real time, mm -hmm. thinking to myself, I was going, okay, well, one girl, you have something coming up that you can't be sick for, so. Would mm. you have really gone if you could go because you're going to be filming in two weeks, right? Um, that was where my head was. But there was still that part of me that was like, damn, I didn't get a ticket to that Renaissance thing. And yeah. it looks really cool. And I got left out of it. Like, yeah. Okay, like, if I'm being If I'm being quite honest, it looked fun. But like. Or was it really fun? Like, was it really fun? Like the amount, the amount right. of times I have seen the fucking horse, bitch. It's like, yeah, she keep a bitch with the horse, <laughs> bitch. No, Renee, girl, I can only see Renee so many times. Yeah. And like, yeah. like, right? I, I, it, I get that it was giving, and like, would I, would I, would I, what, what would I do to be in a club where they just played Renaissance nonstop? Absolutely for sure. But like, y'all, I have. 
I don't think it was that deep. I mean, yeah. now Beyonce was I, there. I've been I, like, bitch, I missed it. Right. But like, well, I'm just being a hater. I'm just being a hater. I'm being honest. I'm just being honest. Because if I was there too, I'd be like, it was fun, bitch. It sucks to suck. But I'm yeah, like, okay. I'm just being a hater. <laughs> I don't think you're being a hater. I think I don't think you're being a hater. As someone who I was on the phone with my friend who got the text, I didn't get the text until after them, and they th- I thought he I was like, bitch, they about to hack your bank account. I'm like, girl, don't hit that. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, go yeah. to Twitter and like doing all the things. But so many of my friends are still in the Midwest, right? And I was just like. Why would y'all send this to people who would have to catch a flight and book all this stuff within 24 hours? And let's be clear, the majority of the people who are going to do that are young, black, and brown folks. I'm like, how many Mm -hmm. kids went out here and busted a move so they can get to Florida? How many folks, uh, like like those sort of things, which I know people are like, oh, it's always so deep. But when we move from scarcity, it's going to position folks to be left out, folks to feel harmed, and things Mm -hmm. that have brought people together, which... This show, y'all started the show saying like this album. What would we do without this album? Something that made people right. feel seen. Yeah. Then, uh, by happenstance, even if that was not the intention, mm. did not make people see. And to Joho's point, as soon as Miss Mamas, who is like the management at Parkwood, was like, "Be clear, this is listening in spatial audio." I'm like, "Bitch, I got a whole, I got a bow system from the front <laughs> to back of my house, and I can be sitting here with my titties out, honey." I said, uh, I got your pop and <laughs> eat, eat the Yeah. <laughs> I would put on a yeah. girdle to be in this hot ass building <laughs> with these badass kids. And these kids don't wear yeah. deodorant nowadays. I don't care about y'all quitting y'all jobs, but y'all don't wear deodorant. I saw the these videos. I, said, I know it smells yeah. in there. So, so I know that. it smells. But also John Paul should have been able to be there if that's what they wanted. Mm. So um, right. I speak so, I speak over you, friend, that those things yeah. come to you and that you get Thank to be you. in the room with Thank some you. musty teenagers <laughs> and twisted shout. Oh, well, when you put <laughs> it that way. Thank you. I'm glad that favor was... Again, and that was the other thing for me like that everybody so I'll say this and then we we we, we got a dart <laughs> what I was gonna say is I know that a friend of mine they was like did you see that COVID waiver and I was like yeah like that COVID waiver was like almost two pages of them basically saying like if you get COVID at this event it's on you like they're like don't even try it don't even think about it like it was literally a long statement of if you get COVID at this event nobody is held responsible but you and you 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 yourself and you like me me, myself and I know it's gonna be you you and you if you get COVID yes me myself and die literally like they did not they literally said in that waiver that they do not care what happens to you don't even try it so that was my thing like as I was watching it and Sunday, I was going, girl, like, you got stuff to do in January. Like, do you really want to be dancing around to a song or an album that you can hear on your Apple, my you car, know, your my Apple home pods? just fine. Like, yeah, like, I have my own special audio, audio in your I car. Go. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, let me go ahead and just get, but again, there was still part of me that was like, 50% of me was like, oh, that would have <laughs> been so cool to say that I was one of the elite people to get one of those tickets, you know, Willy Wonka. But then there was also the part of me that's like responsible. And saying you don't want COVID, you don't want RSV. I know at some like, point you have things that we'll you just, have to do. We will just be it. We'll just be at Beyonce's place playing with her. Like I, I have no doubt in my mind that we will. Like the three of us will, will all be there. So I, I'm good. I have been saying that I know that she knows who I am. I know in my heart of hearts, Beyonce knows me. Yes, I don't know how she does, yes. but I know she knows me. 
Mm -hmm. She knows me. All right. Well, with that being said, we got to wrap things up around these parts. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please send your thoughts, your feedback, and your emails to blackfatfempod at gmail.com. Y'all saw that code switch? You can also (laughs) send us your thoughts via social media by interacting with our post on Instagram and Twitter by using the handle at blackfatfempod. Uh, Dominique, (laughs) tell the girls where they can find you. Yes, um, Elon Musk had my Twitter deleted. Um, oh, last, what? Uh, yeah, I was. There was that list of the right wing folks, and Black and Pink was on the list. <gasps> and so, because I was associated with Black and Pink, um, I lost oh, my, my Twitter. Um, but Instagram at the Dominique Morgan, um, and <sighs> Facebook uh, at the Dominique Morgan as well. Wow. Face, uh, Facebook and my website is uh, dominiquemorgan.com every time I think that I'm like, okay, I'll be all right with Twitter. There's always something that happens that makes me go, I really want to delete that. I'm sorry, Dominique, that happened, but you know what? Listen. The right people will find you where they need to find you. Amen. Like, for all we know, by the time the show comes out, it could be reinstated. If if you want to be. If you want to be. You may not want to be. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I speak favor up uh, over you in regards to that. Joho, where can the dolls find you? Mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lovers and haters, y'all can find me at Joho Daniels across all socials. By the time this comes out, you can find me on the kickball field, living my sporty spice fans in this little gay league. So come buy me a drink, come cheer me on, be, come mm. be my wing person because the people in this league, oh Lord Jesus and Moses, oh my God, come help me get into my whole face twenty twenty three. Let's let the church say Amen. Ashe Shabbat Shalom. Yes, God. And thank you so much. Yes, I wish that for you. You will never catch me running up and down the field, but I'll come cheer you on. That is one thing I will do is I will I'm show up with balls, some baby. good I'm going to try to cash these balls anyway yeah, baby. I can, okay? Okay, we're moving on. Thank you. <laughs> we're moving on. You can find me. You can find me on my couch watching all the TV because after these recordings, I ain't doing shit. I'm... I, seriously mean that don't don't ask me for nothing but uh, (laughs) what i will say is i wanted to shout out and say um for those of you who have not watched kindred watch it it's great um uh the what's that other show riches i'm i'm thinking on episode two or three of riches it's (laughs) it's giving what it's supposed to have given it's not the best but it's still fun to watch but definitely getting into kindred um and then other than that, you can find me at Dr. John Paul or you can visit my website at www.drjohnpaul.com. We definitely want to thank our producers, Jonathan Strickland and Tari Harrison for all of the things that they do over at iHeart. Yes. We would also like to shout out our wonderful editor, Chris Rogers, who's actually going to be a guest yes! after this episode. So if y'all have any questions or you have anything you'd like to ask Chris, our editor, make sure that you send those in so that way we can get them over to them. But we want to thank them for all the wonderful things that they do. This has been another show. Thank you for listening. And remember that the cheap will always come out expensive. Bye! (laughs) Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.